Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, your source for breaking news, business trends, and economic forecasts here and abroad that impact one-third of America's economy. And now your hosts, Lou Weiss and Tim Grady. And welcome to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. This is the ISM Non-Manufacturing Report on Business Series that we've been doing with Anthony Nieves now for several years, and uh, my co-host Lou Weiss is pouring through the report looking for all the good news. Lou, what have you found? Just a lot of good news uh, from the non- non-manufacturing side. So uh, uh, Anthony will get uh, more uh, yellow points towards his uh, ultimate canary <laughs> yellow jacket. Uh, we'll just take those points away from uh uh, Mr. Fiore. Fiore. <laughs> <laughs> right. So uh, things are sounding and looking good, uh, Anthony. Why don't you uh, let's jump in? I know you've got other shows and uh, regular media people as opposed to us professionals who are getting the word out. <laughs> Well, looking at the uh, composite index, I'm just trying to figure out if a 53.9 converts into a 46 long jacket or not. <laughs> 46 long. I know you did that so we would have it in your record as 46 long. Okay, 46 long. Okay, that, we, got uh, you, we got you covered. I appreciate that. So at, at 53.9... <clears throat> We had a slight pullback of 0.8 percentage points from the 54.7, you know, a little bit below the 12-month average uh, for the composite index. But keep in mind we had um, a a pretty strong October reading uh, prior to this month, and that was a a bounce back from a a less-than-stellar September reading. So overall, the the sector is uh, continuing to uh, move along. Um, We see business activity pull back uh, 5.4 percentage points, and again, uh, I, I also attribute that to the uh, the strong October that we had, and the and the fact remains that when we see the holiday season coming up and all the buildup prior to um, Thanksgiving and everything else, so then folks go on vacation, holiday travel. So it's I'm not overly surprised that we had that. We still, you know, are seeing growth uh, exhibited here for the sector and that for that index. New Waters was a nice surprise going up to 57.1, as well as employment. You know, we look at employment uh, really driving this uh, labor-intensive sector at 55.5. And the the other index, the last index that comprises this composite, uh, supplier deliveries continue to slow, not as slow as uh, they were uh, uh, previously uh, the prior month, but uh, overall, you know, when you look at this sector, uh, it's been very resilient. Uh, one thing to point out is we've seen the contraction for three months in a row on the manufacturing side. It also has, uh, you know, that's the cost of the trade war, uh, and we see that impacting the, uh, having an impact on the uh, non-manufacturing sector as well, as I like to say that suppliers to the services industries that make up the non-manufacturing sector come out of the manufacturing and vice versa. Many of the service companies provide uh, or are suppliers to the manufacturing. So um, when that uh, 
part portion of the of the economy has that um, contraction. It does affect the overall economy, even though it is a smaller percentage. Not to uh, talk politics at all, uh, but I heard that the administration is now talking about keeping the tariffs uh, on steel and aluminum uh, in particular uh, until after the election. So is this something that's real or is this just more more talk? You know, it could be, but, you know, it's hard to say. I thought maybe perhaps it was some saber rattling, uh, um, especially with the um, – tariffs that were uh, talked about against uh, Argentina and Brazil, kind of retaliatory uh, for them being uh, providers, suppliers to China. But, you know, it doesn't make sense in that I think the administration would want to see a win before uh, the election, and I thought there might be a resolution prior to maybe mid-2020. Who knows? I, I mean, I'm speculating. Actually, I was even speculating about the technical difficulties. I thought you were going to say that was part of the administration as well. I thought maybe you might <laughs> deflect that on that. So. I might have, but I would control myself. <laughs> I, I almost said that, but I figured we were live on the air prior to that, so I, I didn't want to. We didn't want to go there. Yeah, we don't talk. We don't talk politics. Only Not Tim and all. I do when we're off the air. <laughs> We just trash. We trash everybody. <laughs> yeah, equal opportunity discriminator. I like that. That's right. That's, That's right. right. So all in all, it's uh, looking fairly good. Uh, I mean, a lot of the things that uh, the numbers you went went over, I, I would presume, have what have what to do about the holidays that are coming up, uh, particularly um, uh, employment. You know, every store you go by now has a, a wanted sign, you know, help wanted sign. True. Actually, I'm considering. Actually, yeah, my I'm first considering, thought, you said, you said wanted. I was like, what? What are we talking about here? Who's wanted? <laughs> FBI's most wanted. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, my head's in that area lately. <clears throat> Yeah, it's the uh, continuous labor shortage. Uh, and, and, Anthony, I'm assuming that in your um, professional life where you have a, a home health care uh, organization, that you're struggling to find labor as well. Oh, most definitely. And uh, clinicians are very tough to come by, especially in the Southern California area. Um, and we see it in industries. Uh, you know, construction has been multiple consecutive months of being short unskilled labor, subcontractors, the trades as well. And um, our respondents are always talking about the uh, labor constraints. Uh, We've highlighted that in the report, labor resources, low unemployment, 3.5%. We're starting, uh, we've been seeing wage pressure. And companies are, uh, I've, I've mentioned this in the past, that the recruiters are just taking people from one company and shifting them over to another company. So you're filling you're backfilling a position but creating a void somewhere else and it's just the available labor pool is uh, a bit restricted right now when it comes to uh, certain uh, skilled jobs they have a work pool that are in prisons that they should be retraining get the nonviolent marijuana junkies out of prison get them trained there's a million and a half of those that would solve 
a huge problem. Even if that well, number it, doesn't turn out to be a million and a half, but you can maybe salvage three quarters of a million. I mean, there, there are solutions. They're, we're just not doing them. Yeah, I don't know what the high school graduation rate is annually in the United States, but it's millions of kids. I think it's almost four million kids graduate from high school every year. But 10,000 people a day are retiring. (laughs) (laughs) It's a real foot race. Uh, Anthony, I'm curious, new orders, any idea what caused that pop? Well, it's it's a a great question because – that 1.5 uh, to 57.1, I mean that was that was nice. I mean considering the the pullback on the business activity, um, and what our respondents have been saying mostly is that um, you know they're starting to see stuff in the pipeline now, and uh, you know it's uh, it's it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. Yeah, clearly. Oh no, seeing stuff in the pipeline is is fabulous. That's what we want to be seeing. So. And I'm glad to see that employment still remains strong. I don't have in front of me the latest uh, uh, report on employment in terms of the unemployment percentage. It's been hovering around 3.7, but it looks like in your sector, employment is still in demand. Right, right. And uh, I think the latest one said 3.5, which has been uh, you know a low mark for over 50 years now going. So... Very powerful, very powerful. Um, and is the in your in your sector, Anthony, supplier deliveries? You know, I, I think so much of your sector is uh, just knowledge based, but I'm sure that's not right when we're talking about supplier deliveries. What are suppliers delivering to your various sectors? Well, keep in mind all the different industries that comprise this sector, and uh, you have wholesale. Uh, wholesale trade is in there, and they're very reliant on overland trucking, right? They're delivering mm-hmm. commodities, products to um, disparate locations, <clears throat> uh, accommodation, food services. They're a recipient from wholesale trade. Uh, that's their distribution channel. Excuse me. And um, so there are commodities that are that are in the non-manufacturing sector, depending. You have retail. Retail has goods delivered, overland trucking, uh Things coming in. Um, but when you look at the whole logistics, the whole supply chain, uh, whether it's stuff that's coming in from offshore, uh, once it hits uh, ports here, or uh, domestically produced product, uh, food items, produce, all that is reliant on trucking. So when we have the issues of shortage of drivers and shortage of trucks, that does impact this sector immensely. Anthony, I know that we have talked about in the past the shortage of, I'll call them pickers, uh, men and women who are willing to go out into the agricultural fields and pick crops. And because of the uh, people headed back south uh, who were up here uh, not legally uh, but working hard, uh, there was a shortage in California. Has that rippled through the economy, or has it become a non-event event? I think it's been fairly constant as far as um, availability of workers. Um, we've had 
putting aside the, the latest pressure from, from the current administration on immigration, we've had things in place, especially in the state of California, which is, as we know, such a large uh, producing area, a produce area. Um, right. There are there have always been in place requirements of documentation of the legal right to work uh, in the state in the country. Um, I know I have to do it. The documentation is here for me on uh, for healthcare as well. So mm-hmm. I think that if there's been more of a, of a crackdown or pressure, um, there's always been a shortage of workers. And I don't know what the actual increase in percentage is if, as far as uh, available resources uh, diminishing or, or whatnot. I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. We don't measure that in this report. But we're not, I'm not seeing it highlighted in any of the uh, media outlets out here in California. Yeah, I was going to ask if any of your respondents were particularly vocal on that issue. No, not at all. I mean, we're seeing certain shortage of products, and it might be uh, it mostly due to uh, whether it be weather conditions or um, crop infestation or things of that nature. That's what they'll typically highlight. Um, we're not getting uh, comments in, in the other respect. I've given up on lettuce. <laughs> yeah. Romaine specifically? Yeah, specifically. Yeah, Boy, they're having yeah. some tough times with lettuce and berries now, too. Yeah, lettuce, um, you know, certain products, um, you know, it, it's just tough, uh, you know, especially they're, they're growing off of the ground like that. Uh, spinach was another one that we've had issues with in the past. Uh, any of the, the ground-based um, that, that lay on the ground like that uh, have that potential issue with uh, the E. coli, uh, just the products they use, the fertilizer and everything else, and, and just being out in open fields like that. Yeah, I suppose that is a challenge. So in in the area of prices, I noticed that prices have been uh, creeping up uh, fairly strongly over the last four months, uh, but without much impact on inflation or consumer demand. Is that about accurate? Oh, you hit the nail on the head. We've had little to no inflation. Uh, we've seen signs of it in the past, but nothing major. And and even further to that, we have not seen it globally. As much as you know, this report focuses on domestic U.S., but in all the things that come across my desk, and and there's uh, little to no inflation globally. So it's not just uh, in the United States that we're seeing that. And Price pressure has been minimal at best, and one of the things that if you look at the report, um, you typically will see in the commodities up in price, fuel, gasoline, hasn't been there. Um, we've just seen the pricing kind of stabilize there. Um, it's still a little bit higher than it was in the past, but it's not increasing month to month. Same thing well, with certain kind of, commodities. That's kind of interesting. Uh, I happened to notice the other day and. We're operating here out of New Jersey, and usually in the summer months they they jack up the price because they got more people driving around uh, in the summer months. But uh, in the last two weeks, which you know now is winter, uh, a lot of the gas stations have raised their price from ten to twenty cents a gallon, which is unusual for this time of year. Usually it's going backwards, so. Maybe they're just looking to see what they can get away with. Yeah, I couldn't speak to that. I mean, uh, I know here the pump prices have been 
pretty constant, and and they're higher. They're, California has uh, notoriously high gas prices. If you go over the state line, Arizona, it's like night and day, uh, price-wise, on, on a gallon of gas. They can just get more for it in that neck of the woods. Uh, Anthony, with all of the... Um, a trade wars going on, particularly with China, um, but now Brazil, Venezuela, some with France. How is that impacting export orders in your sector? Well, we've seen exports um, actually last month was um, unchanged and it's gone up uh, to 52. And part of it, and, and I've talked about this in the past, when you look at export and what's actually being exported uh, from this particular sector goes back to the comment you made earlier about um, knowledge, knowledge management. And on the manufacturing side, we've seen the strength of the dollar impact um, exports, and yet uh, we don't see it as much um, on the uh, non-manufacturing side. And that's only because when you think about it, there's more leeway because it's not specifically tied to a commodity uh, as we know it, a, a tangible good. It's more about a service. And yet, uh, I was just reading a few days ago how services that were um, really solicited by other countries, U.S.-based services, whether it be consulting or information technology, uh, and not the not the actual programming, but the, the design of it, um, countries, because of the geopolitical uh, concerns, the trade war uh, tariffs, they have shifted away from the U.S. I think it, was, uh, it wasn't yesterday, it was the day before. It was a nice article in the Wall Street Journal about that. And that, that's an interesting observation because that is the bulk of what gets exported from this particular sector. And how about imports into this sector? I'm assuming we we do some you know knowledge purchasing from outside the U.S. And of course, if the retail trade aside for Christmas, what are some of the other industries in your sector that are importing? For instance, arts, entertainment, recreation. I'm trying to figure out what they're importing. <laughs> well, you know, you have the recreation side, and they have um, different um, outlets. Well, you could take like, a, and and you know, there's a split between what's the accommodation food services portion versus the recreation, like amusement park type um, things like of that nature. But things coming out of China specifically, you see the furniture fixtures, you know, lighting fixtures. Most notably, most recent that's been directly uh, impacted by the uh, tariffs is the consumer electronics piece, and that's why you also see that up in the commodity section. So uh, elect computer, uh, electronic components is what we're seeing uh, going up in price. But those are some of the things that are imported, food products specifically. Uh, and there's been talk about some of these tariffs affecting uh, French uh, wines and cheeses, uh, if that gets implemented. So we can see the price there going up. Uh, it was also talked about with Italian imports. So anything with the EU, um, we're going to see that affect. Uh, prices uh, here in the U.S. for those uh, imported-type products, uh, tangible goods. And just to kind of give our listeners a, a heads-up, next week we will be speaking with 
Tim Fiore and Anthony Nieves on their semi-annual forecast as they look out into 2020. So stay tuned uh, at mfgtalkradio.com for that upcoming show and keep an eye out for our emails so that you can be tied into it. But Anthony, we always appreciate what you share with this report on the non-manufacturing side. To kind of wrap it up, how are things in the overall? You know, GDP is growing. Uh, how does it look going into the new year? Yeah, the 1.9 uh, GDP uh, when you uh, convert the uh, composite index on an annualized basis, uh, it comes in at that level. And um, you know, the, as you mentioned, we have the semiannual coming up, which will specifically look at. Um, the first half of last year, or this year, I should say, to the second half, year over year, as well as going forward, uh, what we see the uh, projections of as uh, determined by our respondents. Some specific questions relating to the trade war and tariffs and capital in, uh, reinvestment, uh, capital expenditures. And to answer your question specifically, uh, what we've seen in this sector. Uh, coming off of the latter part of 2018, very strong. Going into 2019, we had strength that kind of waned a bit around the third quarter, uh, beginning of fourth quarter. And now we see a little bit of uptick, some pullback. But overall, um, this sector will remain uh, in the growth mode uh, going forward. Uh, this expansion will continue on the non-manufacturing side unless some bubble activity transpires to where it, it, it causes it to uh, get off the tracks, but so to speak. But right now, everything uh, looks like it's we're going to stay in this current mode through 2020. And without, and I've been saying that all along, even before the semi-annual information has come in. So I'm not um, alluding to the report that we'll see on Monday, uh, December 9th. Well, that's, uh, that's some good news, and hopefully some of it will spill over into the manufacturing side. Um, and uh, actually, uh, our metals company, All Metals and Forge Group, uh, we are beginning to see uh, here in uh, December, as early as it is now on December uh, 5th, uh, we've already seen a, a major uptick for this month, which um, is not particularly typical, particularly for December. Usually down by the 15th of the month, uh, everybody's uh, popping corks and uh, you know, heading out the door. So, it's, But it's looking very promising for a, a strong year end. So we're, we're excited about that. We're, I think the manufacturing side is really bearing the, the, the brunt of uh, this trade war cost. And so if a resolution is reached, um, you know, I anticipate that we'll see a strong uptick in manufacturing, and it will carry over into non-manufacturing as well, uh, going right. back to some of the earlier comments that we, we had as far as the, the interdependence between the two sectors. Well, I'm a little concerned about the December 15th date that the administration has been talking about bumping the tariffs again, um, which was part of the phase one deal that he was not going to do it. But, uh, you know, the, there's a lot of flip-flopping going on. So I just want to get past December 15th and see what happens. 
Good point. All right. Well, Anthony, again, thank you for joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. We know you've got to jump. You've got uh, other people who want to get the information from you, and we look forward to seeing you on some nightly news show tonight. Okay. Thank you, gentlemen. You have a great day. Uh, And have a good holiday, and we'll see you next December 9th. Sounds good. Thank you. All righty. You take care. Take care. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And and we've been speaking with Anthony Nieves, who is the committee chair for the non-manufacturing report on business in this ISM series. When we issue both the they issue both the report on business and the non-manufacturing report on business, and we are really the only place that goes into it in any depth at all, Lou. Other than you know the nightly news says, oh, the PMI was this. Yeah, they kind of stir the negative mud. You know, oh, it went down. You know, last week when uh, the uh, manufacturing report came out, you know, you thought the world was coming to an end. Uh, (laughs) Right. It hasn't yet. Uh, But uh, you're right. Uh, They get sound bites, and uh, we are, I think, the only one that uh, share half hour to an hour with uh, ISM on their series. Uh, So. uh, and and it's on it's in our MO the Manufacturing Outlook magazine the the executive uh, summary overview of the report and um, you know you get a, a more in depth than you do the sound bites on mainstream media so so tune into our magazine and uh, tune in uh, tune into the magazine and tune into all of our shows. Uh, Tim's going to give a quick rundown as to all the shows that we've got uh, coming up. And Tim. we've got our hands full because we've got Manufacturing Talk Radio, the WAM podcast, which is Women in Manufacturing, Manufacturing Matters with Cliff Waldman, and we have Where's Willie with William Miller as he travels around the country, he's boots on the ground in factories and on plant floors to see what's happening there. So, uh, come to us often at mfgtalkradio.com and thank you for listening to this episode of uh oh Lou's got one more thing we have our manufacturing talk radio wrap up on Christmas week and we've got the 2020 forecast uh, on New Year's Eve which seems to be a good time to be talking about that that's that way you can pop that way you can pop a champagne bottle with confidence. That's right, because you've heard the good news from this episode and every episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. Thanks for joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. You can hear our next broadcast each Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at mfgtalkradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.